single part, every single piece. Not holding it back from you this morning. Not holding it back from you. Section, I give it all.
you stopped and you said, well, I guess that's it. And he says, you got to keep going. You got to keep surrendering. You got to keep moving. You got to keep praying. Oh. If we can just understand what true surrender is. Struggle with an addiction? Give it to him. Surrender it to him. And every time you have that thought, it's man, you just welcome him in your heart. And you just ask him and you thank him and you praise him. And he gives you the power and the courage to say no. Come on, same thing in your healing. I know there's some people going through some stuff and there's pain and there's stuff we go through. And you know what? You just got to continue to say, Lord, take it and welcome him in. And every time that pain starts coming up, you just surrender to him. You start praying. You start asking him to come in, touch your body, heal your body. And there's freedom in that. See, that's what you don't understand. There, there, there's no more fighting in that. When you surrender, you actually in the military, when you surrender, you were taken away. You weren't fighting anymore. Like there was a battle going on, but you weren't in the battle. It was almost like a sanctuary for you. And he says, look, you don't have to fight this anymore on your own. He goes, I'm standing right beside you. I'm in the battle for you. Yes. I've already told you I've defeated the enemy. Yes. Now we just want to keep fighting them. So just surrender it this morning. Spend some time in that. Spend some time up here. Spend some time right where you're at and say, Lord, what is it that continues to harass me? Well, what, is, well, what is it that continues to, to just dig into me? Well, what is it that I can't let go of right now? And give it to him. Like, truly give it to him. And ask him to come in and touch whatever that is in your heart. And when you do that, you're going to feel peace. You're going to feel an understanding, an overwhelming feeling of love as he embraces you through it. See, he doesn't just, he just doesn't say, pow, that's it. He loves you through it. And his embrace will fix it all. So come on, let's just worship him. Let's just surrender to him. Just posture yourself. Posture your heart for him. Let him come in and do whatever he wants.
desert place. disturbances in prisons and as we were just uh, worshiping I just felt the Lord say really strongly you know take authority and he just said start to speak peace and Holy Spirit to roll in there um, there's no reason why the Holy Spirit can't there, there really isn't and I believe just just a couple more minutes and as we worship I just truly believe that something's going to break in these prisons in Alabama, surrounding areas, something's going to break, and there's going to see, they're going to see revival yes. like never before.
whether it's that or another situation that might be in your life, someone that you're like, oh, God, you just got to get them. Come on, Lord, do it. You have the power, like it's in the authority. Speak the truth over it, the truth over it. Prophetically declare, prophetic isn't weird, it just means it's the, it's the testimony of Jesus. So you're releasing the testimony of Jesus, the truth of Jesus over that thing. It's not weird.
when you understand who you are and of the authority you walk in, nothing like this ever just stops us from doing what, what God wants to do. We, we trust. See, that's the point. You know, we have an identity here as sons or daughters. We understand the authority we have. So if this is new to you, you just need to understand we gotta believe. And we just gotta believe it through it. It's called faith, it's understanding, it's moving through. Doesn't matter what wall gets popped up, it's going through the wall. You just gotta believe that. Man, anything, any storm in life, anything that's going on, come on. That's what we're called to do. That's what this place is called to do is bring light to darkness. You can't do that if you don't believe. So come on. You just need to let that sit on your heart this morning. So come on, Father, you hear it all. You hear every prayer in this house. You hear everybody's voice right now. You know their heart, you know what's on their mind. So whatever obstacles in the way, we declare it moved right now. Come on, in Jesus' name, we declare it moved right now. Father, open a way, open a pathway, Father. Come on, clear the storm, Father. Come on. We just believe that in the house. We believe it, we believe it, we believe it. Father, touch our prisons, come on. Poof. Father, you can do amazing work in there. Mm. Come on, holy. Father, just have your way and use us, Lord. We position ourselves to be used. So, Father, strengthen the faith of everybody in here. The Father, when we speak, things can happen. Give us that power. Give us that, that faith to believe that can happen anywhere we go. So, Father, we just surrender this all to you. Father, we just give it all to you. We ask you to have your way in this house. Have your way in our families. Have your way with our kids, Lord. Come on, have your way with our schools. Father, have your way in this, this city, in our workplaces, Father. Come on, we're going to ask you to have your way in this nation, Lord. Father, have your way in the world. We, we declare things over the Ukraine right now, Father, that only you can stop. And we declare it in Jesus' name. Come on. Father, we just... We just feel that this morning, Father. Father, if there's people here that, that are sick, Father, we declare he healing right now in your name. We just declare healing. Whew. Come on. And we believe it, Lord. We believe it. We believe it. So come on, holy. Continue to move. Continue to move. Continue to touch the hearts. Change the hearts and minds, Father. We just love you, Lord. We love you, we love you, we love you, we love you. And we thank you that we get to do this, that we get to be part of what you want to do. So, Father, we pray your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So, Father, use us to make that happen. We surrender to you. Have your way. Touch everything we touch. Use us, Lord. Father, we love you. In Jesus' mighty name. Come on, everybody said amen. Come on. If you believe that this morning, can you guys uh so thankful you're here um if you're new this is we're going to take a little break but do me a favor um look we want to be good stewards of our relationships with other churches 
And I was notified that we have a couple people parked in the church across the street in their parking lot. Uh, so they came over. They have a smaller church, so they only have limited spots. So if you parked over on that side and you parked in front of a little church, just a little white sign, could you please do me a favor and move your vehicle so we can we can be in unity with them and not cause strife. So, uh, uh, so guys, I just love you. We'll be back in about 10 minutes. Say hello to somebody you don't know and get some coffee or something.
Come on, how's everybody doing this morning? <laughs> We're just walking around taking care of things, picking up some trash, doing some stuff. Y'all having a good morning so far? Come on. That, that was like a quarter of y'all having a good time. <sighs> I'll let y'all get settled in. Everybody's still coming in from getting their coffee and everything. It's nice seeing people in different locations. Somebody took their seats. I can't believe it. <laughs> That's, I'm just kidding. We don't have seats. Get here early and take it. Get here early and take it. Huh, Jim Paul? And nobody has any seats around here. <laughs> He's like, I don't know. I just get here early enough and put my stuff right there. Come on. All right, one more time. How's everybody doing this morning? Everybody good? That's so much better. So much better. Come on. Come on. Well, good morning. Uh, so thankful to have y'all here. Uh, if you are new, uh, welcome to The Gathering Place. I am DJ. This is my wife, Jules, and we love you guys, and we get the honor to pastor here, and we love it. So uh, this is actually probably the coolest thing to ever do, is just to love on a family like this. It's just absolutely amazing. So, so thankful we get to do that. Uh, it's awesome to wake up every day knowing what we get to do. So thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. If you want... Uh, if you want information about uh, who we are and what we do, you can download our app. Uh, we should have stuff out there. Um, so you can download that. You can get that downloaded. We have all that information out there. We also have, uh, oh, you can scan that thing right there. There it is. You want to download the app? Scan that thing. Because we do a lot of things on the, on the app. Fix my headset here. I got, I got overly excited about hugging somebody this morning and my headset got caught on a sweater and just ripped it all pieces. There we go. So yeah, download the app, get all the information on there. That's so important that you have the app. We, we push out push notifications, let everybody know about what's going on. Uh, it's just really good stuff. And if you are new here, you can either fill out a connect card on the app or go to the website or you can actually get a hard copy and you can get that at the connection point. We just want information about you so we can reach out and talk to you and let you know we love you and pray for you and answer any questions you have. That's about it. So we can't do that if you don't fill it out. So take a little bit of time to fill it out. I'm just going to go through some of the standard stuff we have to go through on a Sunday morning and then we're going to jump right into the word. So um, our, our kingdom classes, this, these are nine o'clock classes every single Sunday. It's really awesome. Uh, this morning we had Meet the Family. So anybody that was new or haven't sat down with the church staff, the elders and the trustees, we all sat down this morning. That was awesome. So we got to share vision and, and what we do and just kind of get to know everybody. I love that. So next time that's up, man, if you have not done that, come sit down with us. We like to hear about who's new and, and, and know about you a little bit more and then share who we are. So uh, that's, that's really fun. And then next week, we have our disp personality profile with Jen Mares, uh, and she'll be also teaching the spiritual gift assessment on the 19th. And then the one Sunday that, that, that's going to stop me from saying that we, it's every Sunday is the 26th. That's because we have rally day for our small groups. So we utilize that, that uh, training classroom for that. Uh, but anyway, take a picture of that. Get out there. These are great things. You're probably going to want some of that. Uh, once I get through with today's sermon, because that's going to be good stuff. Um, Tuesday at the table, this is coming up this week on February 7th. Tuesday at the table is called Soup in the Sanctuary. So uh, come on, bring some soup. Bring a, we're going to have soup. If you want to bring soup, you want to bring a side or a dessert, uh, come on out and bring that. Uh, that's so important that we, uh, we come together as a family and eat, but this is really good stuff. Like Tuesday at the table is a more in-depth teaching. This is just me sitting here. Uh, you come in, we, we do life together, but man, we're going to talk about, I'm actually uh, just tying everything into leadership. So what I challenge you to do is if you are, am I in these monitors? 
No? Okay. Ryan's going to fix me. I keep hearing something. So anyway, if you come on in, we're, we're in the middle of leadership. I want to, uh, to me, leadership's the key. Leadership's the key in the kingdom. It's just amazing stuff. And if you have kids, teenagers, whatever, you, you want to get a little taste of what it is, I'm telling you, I'm, I'm going to be teaching stuff that's going to accelerate them uh, faster than, 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 than their peers if they're not doing it. I'm telling you, this is really good stuff. Um, so get out here Tuesday, 6 o'clock. There is child care. So if you have kids, bring them out. Um, child care is provided. So we'd love to have you come out and just bring some food, eat some food. We'll get together and then we can stay around and talk afterwards. Um, Friday the 10th, this is going to be a good day. This is our men's gathering on Friday. Come on, Prattville axe throwing. Look, y'all, uh, I'm a little disappointed. I'm just going to look around the room and go, you didn't sign up. Didn't sign up. Didn't sign up, huh? My wife said only 12 guys signed up. Didn't sign up, sir? That's the last day of deer season. You should have got all your deer by now. Your wife's shooting them. <laughs> it's at night. <laughs> you can't hunt in the dark. I'm just letting you know. So guys, come on, sign up. Get it out there. We're going to keep it open. Uh, we're going to have a good time. We're actually going to meet. Uh, for whoever wants to, you can either meet at the Prattville Axe at 7 or you can meet us up here at 6 o'clock. We're going to go over and get some food at the little Mexican restaurant down here at the corner. And then we'll just fellowship a little bit. Then we'll head over to the, to the Axe Throw. And so it is $25. That's actually for two hours, which is very cheap. So you're picking that up. What's up, man? Um, 16, I think. Is that the, I don't even know. I think it's 16. I didn't ask that. How old are you? Uh, old Don't lie in church. <laughs> so, but yes, yeah, so please sign up. If you know somebody who wants to sign up, sign up, sign them up. <laughs> it's going to be good, guys. So we're going to have a good time. Here's the thing, though. And the ladies on the same time, I think we got some. Y'all in trouble. I don't even think they can fit you all there. So Friday night at 6 p.m., they're going to be at Bama Lanes, Okay. You need to sign up. Child care, look, we're going to have child care at the church, y'all. So, so if you're like, I can't come because I'm a single dad, so I can't go to the axe throwing, or you're a single mom, or you want to go do these things, or somebody's working, or however it works, we have child care here. So we decided to make that open, everybody, so we can all just go out and have a good time. Okay, so, so please come out. And, and if you're saying, well, I'd love to come out and fellowship, but I don't have the finances, let me know. I'll pay for you. Yes. You understand? I want to make sure that you don't go hang out with the guys or hang out with the ladies because you don't have the finances. We're going to make sure you can do that because I want to have a good time. So um, child care has to be requested before the date. So we got to make sure we got enough people here to work child care. So if nobody calls, we're not going to have anybody. Then you're going to show up and be like, we have 30 kids. Thirteen to eighteen is welcome for the guys, but you have to be accompanied by a parent, and they got to own you. He said no, so I don't know what to tell you, man. You you got some some working to do there. <laughs> so good. So there you go, men's and women women's gathering. It's going to be good. Next Sunday, I'm so excited about this. Next Sunday, February twelfth, Eric and Sonny, come on, they're going. We're excited about the family in the house. Come on, look. The, there's all the information, just so you can see. 
It's going to be following service. Look, you are all invited. Isn't that awesome? Y'all got invited to. Uh, so next week, right after service, we're going to take a little break. We're going to get prepared. We're going to marry uh, two of our, our, our dearest friends here. It's just amazing and absolutely love them. Family in the house. And they're going to have family coming in. It's just going to be a big reunion, and we're all going to get together and celebrate. So casual dress, jeans are encouraged, and there will be cake. Come on, there you go. And if you can read the bottom of that, yeah, it's, it's like, like no, no wedding registry, right? They're, they're like, don't worry about all that stuff. Like, don't feel like you have to give them a gift or anything. So all that's up there. But man, we're excited next week. Come ready for that. That'll be fun. But like I said last week, this is not an opportunity for you to just jump up and get married. Like, I want to talk to you first. We're going to at least need a little bit of time. Make sure everything's right. This is not a spontaneous wedding thing. Okay, so... <laughs> All right. Uh, small groups are coming up. I love small groups. Uh, this, I'm telling you, man, we do life that way. So it, we can't meet like this all the time. So we just get together in small groups. And what's awesome about that is we can do anything. So uh, if God lays it on your heart to lead a small group, come talk to us, come to leadership training. It's wide open what you do. That's the cool part. Uh, we've got a camping small group. I got a God guns and gravy where we eat breakfast and go shoot things. Um, that's always been good. Uh, we've got small groups for gaming. We have small groups for all kinds of stuff. We got men's Bible study. Uh, where, where's the women? Does women have a Bible study? Well, I don't know. And if we don't know, then I guess the women need to come up with a small group. There's a lot of small groups. So just trust me, get out there. If, if God's put something on your heart and you don't see it, then run it, lead it. That's all you have to do. If God said, well, how come, how come there's not one for, well, we did that with couponing. How come there's not one for couponing? Well, it's because you ain't let it yet. So if you want it, lead it. If it's not available, make it happen. It'll be good. So we're excited about that. So put that on the calendar. Uh, leadership training and rally day. Rally day is the 26th. That'll be where we get to go in and talk to the leaders and you get to sign up and all that good stuff. All right, my favorite part of February is the XO conference on the 24th and 25th. Come on. Please sign up. Look. This is a full-on two-day conference here, so we have an amazing time with this. This turns into a banquet hall. We, we get together. We're eating food together. We have meals. This all includes, it includes everything, that, all the meals and everything, plus amazing conference. This is Jimmy and Karen Evans. Um, it is, we do live stream it in, but here's the thing. If you've never done that before, it's actually pretty awesome. We're doing, uh, you get to hear some amazing speakers, and we get to run through that, but we also get to talk about things. We get to do, we have door prizes, all kinds of fun. You get to fellowship, so... Uh, we do have all that. We will have, I think childcare is available on that one too. And you got to register. So make sure you let us know you're coming so we can plan food and everything that we have to do. All right. That's all the announcements. Lord bless this house and our announcements. We love you, Lord. Father, I just thank you that we get to have so many announcements because we're doing so many things, Lord. So I thank you for that. I thank you we can come together as a family and just celebrate and do life together. And so, so Lord, I ask you to touch us today. Touch my heart today. Father, touch my lips. Have your way in everything I do. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. All right. Hopefully you guys are ready. It's been a long night for me. And it took all morning to get this together. So um, we're in a series called All Him, All In. And if you've been part of this, this is all about, everything's about God. It's all him. So surrender everything, focus on him. He's everything. It's all in. And then, so it's all him and then it's all in, which means you got to say, I'm laying all my cards on a table. Like, like you can't say, well, God, if you just give me a chance and then he gives you the chance and you back out. 
right? That's not all in. That means that you, you chose to walk away. He says, and you know, this is where God speaks to you and you say, if you said do something, I'm gonna say yes. That's the season we're in. Say yes and move out and don't back down. Just let him do what he wants to do in your life. So it's all him, him first and then all in. So we've got to turn it all over to him, no turning back, okay? So when we do this, tons of things can start happening in your life. I'll tell you, when you just let him have control, you watch, watch a whirlwind of things start moving. Just watch it happen. Because he's speaking to you, he, he, he's actually using you and he's molding you and he's equipping you and he's putting you in a position to do some amazing things. So I started this, I'm gonna start talking fast. I'm, I'm originally from the North. I know. So we learn how to talk fast when we're real young. And uh, <laughs> there you go. Come on, Michigan. <laughs> so here's the thing. I, I, we're going to be in Romans, okay? And I'll share real quick. We're going back in the book of Romans. We're going to be in Romans 12, so you can get that prepared. Um, Romans 12, where everything shifts in the book of Romans. What an amazing book. What an amazing study. If you've never studied it out, studied it out. It's powerful. But, you know, the first part of Romans up to that, it's all about doctrine. It's all about the Lord, how much he loves us, salvation, all these wonderful things. And then all of a sudden he comes in and he wrecks you and you give your heart to him. And then there's a requirement after that. And everybody forgets that. But then it goes into Romans 12 where it says, since I did that, because I've done this for you, now there's an expectation in your life. And that's where Romans 12 comes in. So we're going to be on this, this, this Romans 12 kick for a while because I thought I was going to get really far today. And I literally am only going to cover verse 6. Didn't realize it was going to take me an entire day to cover verse 6. But I'm going to read through uh, all of Romans 12 because I think it's important that we hear it, we rehear it, we study it, we memorize it, all those things. So in Romans 12, you have your Bibles open by now. It'll be up on the screen. I'm just going to read through all of Romans 12. So it says, And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind that he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behavior, behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Verse three, it says, because of the privilege and authority God gave me, has, has given me, I give each of you this warning. Don't think you are better than you really are. Be honest in your evaluation of yourselves, measuring yourselves by the faith God has given us. Just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. And we are many parts of one body and we all belong to each other. Verse six, in his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you are a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it is giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take that responsibility, take the responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. Don't just pretend to love others, really love them. Hate what is wrong. Hold tightly to what is good. Love each other with a genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. Never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. Rejoice in our confident hope. Be patient in trouble and keep on praying. When God's people are in need, be ready to help them. Always be eager to practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Don't curse them. Pray that God will bless them. 
Be happy with those who are happy and weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with each other. Don't be too proud to enjoy the company of ordinary people and don't think you know it all. Never pay back evil with more evil. Do things in such a way that everyone can see you are honorable. Do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. Dear friends, never take revenge. Leave that to the righteous anger of God. For the scriptures say, I will take revenge. I will pay them back, says the Lord. Instead, if your enemies are hungry, feed them. If they are thirsty, give them something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals of shame on their heads. Don't let evil conquer you, but conquer evil by doing good. Man, I just want to keep reading that over and over and over and over again. Because you guys figured that one out, right? It, there was not anything I said in there that you were like, man, I, I missed that. I mean, we got that down. Like I'm looking in the eyes of everybody out here and you guys are like, man, I do that every day, all that stuff. <laughs> Y'all lying. Y'all lying. Come on, there we go. Give me some lights in here. Ta-da. All right. Now I can see the faces and the eyeballs. Come on. Whew. That's hard. That's a lot of stuff, isn't it? Come on. It's a lot of stuff. And I'm sure when I read through that, there's probably some stuff you said, I do that well. And there's other stuff that you go, when they put that in there, <laughs> I read that a hundred times. I ain't never heard that one. That's why I read it over and over again. Hopefully one of these days as I'm reading it over and over again in my own life, I'll be like, man, I finally got it. <laughs> That's my goal. I finally got it. Like I finally did it. And why? Because I'm going to keep reading it over and over and over again. It's just that important of a chapter. You know why though? Because there's people waiting on us. You understand that? Like there's people waiting on your yes. There's people out there that have never experienced the love of God. And you're right there. You're the next one. And he's called you and he's called you and he's called you and he's put these people in front of you and all you have to do is love them. They're waiting on you. They're waiting on you to finally do what we're supposed to do. Man, just let that hit home, man. I'm so glad that I didn't have to wait as long. I'm so glad that people people would, would love on me the way they were supposed to love on me. So just think about that. I probably need to end right there. Man. I'm going to jump into this uh, Romans 12, 6. Because I really want to break this down because I think this is one of these things that kind of messes up a lot of people just not having the right information and all that. So Romans 12, 6 says, in his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. So first off, in his grace. So that's his graciousness. It's his the power. It's his ability to give you what he wants to give you. So in that, he has chosen you, right? He says, I'm going to give you different gifts. Different gifts. So we're not the same. Kelly, you and I aren't the same. I mean, people confuse us all the time, but we're not the same, right? We all have different gifts that he's given each one of us, right? So you can't judge yourself based on your neighbor. You understand? He has given you a gift and he wants you to do that. And they're different gifts. We're not robots, y'all. He just didn't say, okay, I just need, you know, a couple billion people <laughs> and you're all the same. Not little minions walking around. He says, I've molded you. I've created you. I've gave you a gift and a purpose. He breathed life into us. And then he sent us here to do it. And he's waiting on us patiently for us to actually walk out the calling and gifts that he put in our life. 
And you just need to understand what that is. And it's, it's funny because it came to life. We were in uh, our war room, uh, the worship war room Friday night. And, uh, and we're just talking and we started going around the room. And we just said, hey, why don't you tell everybody like, like your experience in worship? Like what do you do for work? How long have you been in worship? What's your experience? Because these are people that play instruments or sing and all that stuff. And I was surprised about how many people were like, this is my first time ever. <laughs> Other than in the shower or at home, like, this is my first time ever. And then there were a lot of people that were gifted and talented. And they, man, they've done this for a long time. And I'm going, man, this is awesome. And then I love it because my wife was sitting in the back and we said, hey, babe, well, how long have you been doing worship? She goes, I've been doing graphics for a long time. Her graphics is worship. And she does it well. So, so not everybody, you know, worship is not up here. And that's what we talked about that night. This, this is not worship. Okay, this is just the stage. I said, if I could rip this stage out and just have the floor, I would. Because this is not a platform for you to get up there and, and showcase what you got to everybody. This is not about you. Okay. Anyway, I'm not going to get into that. That's worship. I'm not here to talk about worship. But he says gifts. And he says, just don't do them. He goes, I've given you different gifts for you to do well. That changes everything. Because I can do about anything I want to do. But if you want me to do it well, that takes, like, I, I can do the graphics. Not well. Therefore, I don't touch them. You understand? Like, we all have a gift that we can do, and it's well. Like, we do it really, really, really good. And God says, now do that for me. He says, that, that's the understanding. It's not just can you do something. There are a lot of people in the church, especially this family, that you'll do whatever. You're like, man, I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll do this. And you're the I'll do it person. And I love that because everything's got to get done. But what do you do well? Because if you're doing everything else, you're stealing from the well. If you're just doing other stuff, you're taking away from what you do well. And he says, I've created you to do it well there. This, one thing. And some of y'all go, yeah, but you don't understand. I'm really good with kids, but I work with kids all day. Do you do it well? You don't get a reprieve because now you're like, but I'm not in school anymore. He says, but if you do it well, you're supposed to do it for the kingdom. Okay, so it's what do we do well? And he says there's all kinds of gifts. Um, in a couple of weeks, this is big because if you want to know what gifts are out there, we're going to do the spiritual gift test in two weeks. So you can go take, if you've never taken it, go do it. Nine o'clock, show up. If you've taken it before, do it because they change. Did you know that? Like my, my gifts have evolved over time based on my faith, based on what I, can, I believe I can do, based on experiences. So I'm going to run through some of the gifts just to give you an idea just so I can get them out of the way. You just go ahead, rip it. It's like a Band-Aid. You can sit there. There you go. Take that thing off. You ain't bothering me. I got it all day. You good? I'm good. Sit up front. That's what you get. All right. <laughs> so here we are, some of the gifts. I've got 18 of them on here. Okay, I got 18 on here. There's probably a couple more. But administration, being an apostle, discernment, evangelism, exhortation, faith, giving, healing, helps, hospitality, knowledge, leadership, mercy, prophecy, serving, speaking in tongues, teaching, wisdom. Man, those are all gifts that God has given us in this family to build up and protect this family. Like all these gifts are out there, right? And you have those and you're sitting there and you're like, I'm not even using them. Nope, you're not. Because if you were, it'd be building up 
this body and we'd be taking care of this body in a whole different way. Now, there are some things that I didn't see on there, which I thought were awesome because it kind of goes what I just said. You know, there, it didn't say children's ministry, didn't say student ministry, didn't say worship. You know, worship's not a gift, y'all. Worship's an action. It's what we get to do. There's no gifts like that. You understand that? That's so cool that, that worship's not a gift. Hmm. I started thinking about that and I'm like, man, that's neat that you would leave that off there. Worship's just supposed to happen. That's an internal thing. So to come up here, you, you know, basically it's like this. If you want to worship, especially up here, like our, our style of worship means we usually have a worship leader. Hence the leader part. The gift is leadership. What you can do is worship. So you, you have an ability to play a guitar or play an instrument, but to lead, you got to have the gift of leadership. You got to be able to walk up there and, and be anointed, and, and that's got to be the calling on your life is to lead, not just to come up and sing. But see, we get caught up in that sometimes when we just go, yeah, but you don't understand. No, 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 no. Are you called? Is that a gift in your heart? Is that what God lines you up with? telling you. So there's all kinds of stuff, but I'm not going to focus on all those. I really want to get to one, but when I try to talk about one, it, I end up talking about two. So I want to talk about them both. How many people here have grown up in a church where people spoke in tongues, right, or prophesied? Right. So if that's foreign to you, just those terms, tongues and prophecy, will you just raise your hand for me? It's okay. We're family. I want to know. Yeah, I was that way. Like, I... <laughs> So the first time I was in church, and one, it was just weird to do that. Like, I, I just got you to raise your hands probably for the first time in a long time. <laughs> but, but for me, I, I was like, why are people raising their hands? Like, what's going on? Like, well, I don't understand this. You know, I don't understand. Um, so I didn't understand that term. So when I first started into church, it was like, hey, man, we, you know, uh, it, was, it was actually a church I attended like, you know, 13 years ago or something. <laughs> there was like, we you know, we don't speak t tongues in here. Like, you're not, like, tongues or no. I'm like, okay. There was no prophecy going on. There was nothing. And I'm like, but these are all gifts. It says it in the Bible. These, these are all gifts. So I was like, what is that? And I love that because that's just right where the Bible took us today. Um, and right in that same scripture, in that verse six says, so if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. I talked last week about faith. I talked about the faith he gives us. So if, if, if you have that gift of prophecy, right, that's, a, that's, that's something that the Bible says we should seek. We should want that more than tongues, but it also carries a weight. <laughs> it carries a huge weight to speak the word of God, to hear from him. You know, and a lot of people think because that's one of these sought after positions in a church that if they could be deemed a prophet, then, then they'll get the respect and honor for them, which is truly backwards of how everything works. Like people don't understand this is all for him. Like if he's giving you a word, he wants you to express his word to somebody. He honestly doesn't care if you get any recognition whatsoever. He's like, I created you for that. So the only way I could try to explain this because I didn't grow up in this is to kind of just read the Bible about it. So we're gonna read a lot of Bible. So uh, good luck back there, Cassandra as we click through stuff. But 
So basically, if you don't know what prophecy is, I'm going to start there, but it's going to, I'm telling you, the Bible so innerly twines prophecy and tongues, it's unbelievable. So prophecy is, is hearing the word of God. That's pretty much the best way to do it. It's a word of God, you hear it, and then you've got to share it with people. It could be um, to the whole church, it could be to a person. That's just so you understand what I'm talking about, okay? When I talk about speaking in tongues, all that is is you have a language, a heavenly language that nobody else understands. Now, sometimes that language is actually a language, like there's an actual language to that. And somebody, if you run into them at the right time, they're going to know it. You can also have the gift of interpretation, which goes along with tongues, which means if you're like, if someone speaks tongues, you can actually, speaks in tongues, you can actually, you know, uh, translate what they're saying. That's another gift. Okay. That's another gift. But anyway, speaking in tongues is just, you have a heavenly language. And there's a difference between speaking in tongues, praying in tongues and worshiping in tongues. Three different things right there. And everybody gets them confused. Like people will come into church and they'll be like, did you, somebody just prayed in tongues. We're out of here. I didn't hear anybody translate that. That's false. That's not what the Bible says. Okay, but it's, I've never been taught all that stuff. So when I got, you know, into the church setting, we started doing this the way God's been doing this. I just had to learn a whole bunch of stuff uh, to give me freedom and kind of what we're doing. So in Ephesians, uh, I'm just going to cover this first. We're going to go to Ephesians 4, 11 through 15, because I believe that all this ties into what God's trying to do in his church. So Ephesians 4, 11 through 15 says, now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. This will continue. So we're going to continue to build up the church until we all come to such a unity in our faith and knowledge of God's son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Now there's five things mentioned there. Yet these are offices and stuff of the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the pastors and teachers. You know, and pastor and teacher are really close. Like those two are really close. Verse 14 says, then you will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. <laughs> Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of the body, the church. Man, come on. How powerful is that? That he's given everybody in this house to come together with certain gifts so that people can't lie to us, keep, people can't, can't speak a word that's not true. That's why we're all together. That's why we have people in these different positions in the church. It's so that we can stay on our toes and we can call things out when they need to be called out. Why? For us, for this family. We're supposed to protect this family so we can grow and we can be sons and daughters and we can change the world. But guess what? If lies and all that stuff comes in, that causes disunity. And you can only look after that, things start going sideways. So that's the purpose of having the gifts in our church. You understand? I just wanted to follow up with that because I didn't really explain that until there. So let's talk about prophecy. If someone gives you an actual prophecy, then that prophecy, there should be no additions or subtractions. It might be a one word thing that God gives them. You can't add in anything you think you should add in. Like you can't go, but you know, it just didn't sound right. What if I add that, you know, like if the prophecy was sit, 
I can't go uh, sit in the middle section so you can hear me better. God didn't say that. God said sit. So in other words, if someone prophesies, they cannot add to it or subtract anything from it. All right, that's why sometimes they sound pretty weird. You're like, what do I do with that? And you got to pray about it, right? Hmm. So here's the thing. I want to talk about in 1 Corinthians 14, 39 through 40. This is why it's so important we don't just cross off prophecy from everything. It says, so my dear brothers and sisters, be eager to prophesy and don't forbid speaking in tongues, but be sure that everything is done properly and in order. There's an order. It's proper. We can do it the right way. Okay, and I think this is where it gets confusing. So what that means is that we should, we should always want, we should be eager to get prophecy. We should be praying that we're going to get prophecy. We should, like, prophecy should be it. Like, we should be like, yeah, that's awesome. Um, I'll get into more scripture about that. I got a lot of scripture to read. Um, but the point is, is that once we get it, if I'm going to prophesy to somebody um, or to the church, so basically not everybody comes up here and grabs a mic. If you hadn't figured that one out yet, most people come up to me and whisper in my ear and they share it. Why? Because I have to protect the, the, the flock. I have to hear. I have to discern really quick and then go, okay. But there are people that I trust that I won't point out that if they come and grab the mic and say, hey, I want to share something, I just automatically know because I know their heart and I know why God put them here and I know what I don't need to hear it. Okay, that's important. Because when someone speaks a prophecy over, let's say, the church, that's supposed to be judged by other prophets in the church. So if somebody comes up and says, the Lord said, we're moving churches next week. Well, then that's going to come under a judgment of other prophets in this church. And they're going to listen. And then they're going to talk about it. And then we're going to talk about it. They might even correct it. So if you want to come prophesy something, you better be ready to be corrected if it's wrong because it'll happen in front of everybody. That's how important that is. You understand that when you speak God's word, like, I'm sorry, I'm one of those people. If you come up to me and say, man, will you pray for me? God told me to go take this job. I'm like, what do you want me to pray for? That you obey him? When God says something to you, you obey it. So you come to me and go, well, God told me. Well, if God told you, you just took it right out of my hands. What do you want me to do other than tell you to walk in obedience? I don't know what God tells you and you don't know what God tells me. But if God gives you a word for the house, you're going to come tell me and then we can release it on the house and it can be judged. Now, if it's a personal prophecy, how's that happen? Because we get people around here give words all the time, right? So you get a word, what are you supposed to do with the word? Judge it. You have to judge it. How's it match up with scripture? If it doesn't line up with scripture, well, there's something there. And I'm going to give you a whole list of things you can do when it comes to prophecy. So, so you, you know, when people speak something in your life, it's okay to go, huh, I better go talk to somebody I trust that operates in that gifting so they can judge it too, especially if it's something negative because that's not even in there. <laughs> so there's so, like, I mean, like some stuff gets thrown way out of context. So anyway, I'll get back to that. Copy that. If you hear it, judge it. If we say it in the church, it'll be judged. So this is not free. Just come up, say whatever you want. <laughs> you understand? Everybody good with this so far? Woo! 
Like, all right, 1 Corinthians. I'm going to read now for quite a bit. So if you've got your Bibles, get ready. It'll be on the screen. I'm reading uh, 1 Corinthians 14. I'm going 1 through probably 33. And I'm doing this because it's important you understand what it says about all this stuff. It should probably bring this to light. So if you never knew where it was in the Bible, here it is. If you've never studied this, study it. My job is to give you the word. Your job is to study it. So figure out a way to study it. Dig into it. Okay, let's start off in verse 1. 1 Corinthians 14, verse 1. Let love be your highest goal. Stop. <laughs> there you go. Before they say anything about any of these gifts, he said, let love be your highest goal. Love. So anything I say to somebody, even out of prophecy, it better come out of love and not anger and hate and all the other things that we can throw in jealousy and all the other stuff that you can throw into something. It says, let love be your highest goal. But you should also desire the special abilities the Spirit gives, especially the ability to prophesy. It's right in the Bible. For if you have the ability to speak in tongues, you will be talking only to God since people won't be able to understand you. You will be speaking by the power of the Spirit, but it will be all, all be mysterious. But one who prophesies strengthens others, encourages them, and comforts them. So go back. When we speak in tongues, usually you're speaking to God. Should be. If not, you should have an interpreter, right? So that's why if we're up here, we're speaking in tongues. And if we're praying in tongues, that's one thing. I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm praying to God. He's reading my heart, my spirit. I don't even know what I'm saying. But he, can, he, can under, he understands all the languages. So he's like, I know exactly what you're praying for. So when people come up to me and go, hey, man, will you pray for me? It's an unspoken prayer. Okay, I'm going to pray over you in tongues. Because if it's unspoken and he knows it and I don't, so I, and I want to pray. So if it's unspoken and you're just, I'm just going to pray, right? But now, and if we're up on stage, same thing goes with worship. We can worship in tongues. Did you know that? Bible actually says you should worship in tongues, but also worship, you know, in a normal language. Doesn't say you should do all one and not. Because the worship is to him, not to anybody else. So nobody else needs to understand what that is. But what we want to do is if we are praising, if we are worshiping, right, and we're, and we're praying in tongues, and we also want to pray in whatever language we're speaking that day so that people understand what we're praising so we can get everybody praising them together. Those are two different things, prayer and worship. Both of those are good. So if you're up here and you hear tongues, like, does anybody think we were speaking in tongues today? Because that was, that was Spanish. <laughs> Just letting you know, that was Spanish. I'm getting good at that, Crystal. That was so good. I encourage that. And you're like, well, what's the difference? If you don't know Spanish, nothing. <laughs> it's like speaking in tongues. All right. Trust me, I've been to Mexico and I don't understand what people are telling me. And I've been to, in, in Benin, Africa, they speak French. And I, I know very, 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 very little. So the whole time they're praising, the whole time they're preaching, I have no clue what they're saying. I'm worshiping in tongue. I'm just crying out. So all that's good. Anyway, I want to I just restate verse 3. But one who prophesies strengthens others, encourages them and comforts them. So if you prophesy over people, it is to strengthen them, encourage them, and comfort them. So if anybody spoke a word over you that didn't strengthen you, comfort you, or actually encourage you, that's false. Just think about that because it happens all the time. I've been, in other, I've been in other places. Like I've walked into other churches and people come up and lay hands on me and speak over me. And I'm like, well, 
That was good. Nope. <laughs> and I've gone into somewhere, I record them because they're powerful and they're powerful words of God. So you have to judge each one. And it's not of the enemy speaking over you. Okay, this is just what God gives the gift to some people to do that. So a person who speaks in tongues is strengthened personally, but one who speaks in a word of prophecy strengthens the entire church. It's all in scripture. Verse five, I wish you could all speak in tongues, but even more, I wish you could all prophesy. For prophecy is greater than speaking in tongues, unless someone interprets what you are saying so that the whole church will be strengthened. So see, that's the problem with tongues. Is you also have two gifts. You have to have someone speaking in tongues. And if I'm going to speak in tongues to you, you need an interpreter. That's happened in here before. And we had an interpreter once. Didn't know it. I'll be honest with you. I was standing up there and he says, I'm going to speak in tongues. And I was like, oh, Lord, help me. <laughs> I was like, because he's going to speak out in tongues. And I was like, oh, I'm going to have to correct this and teach on it real quick because it's going to be confusing. And as soon as he spoke, somebody jumped up and translated it. And I was like, thank you, Lord. I'm not going to worry about it anymore. But that's the only time it's ever happened. It doesn't mean we don't have people that can translate. It just means we, people, that we have people that aren't willing to do it. They're sitting on their gift. Sitting on your gift. That's all you're doing. You're not operating in the gift God gave you. All right, let's keep going. Uh, verse six. Dear brothers and sisters, if I should come to you speaking in an unknown language, how would that help you? But if I bring you a revelation or some special knowledge or prophecy or teaching, that will be helpful. Even lifeless instruments like the flute or the harp must play the notes clearly or no one will recognize the melody. And if the bugler, the bugler, <laughs> the burglar, if the bugler doesn't sound a clear call, how will the soldiers know they are being called to battle? It's the same for you. If you speak to people in words they don't understand, how will they know what you are saying? You might as well be talking into empty space. Verse 10, there are many different languages in the world and every language has meaning. But if you don't understand a language, I will be a foreigner to someone who's, I will be a foreigner to someone who speaks it and the one who speaks it will be a foreigner to me. If I don't understand the language, and the same is true for you. Since you are so eager to have the special abilities the Spirit gives, seek those that will strengthen the whole church. So anyone who speaks in tongues should pray also for the ability to interpret what has been said. For if I pray in tongues, my spirit is praying, but I don't understand what I'm saying. Well, then what shall I do? I will pray in the Spirit and I will also pray in words I understand. I will sing in the Spirit and I will also sing in words I understand. For if you praise God... For if you praise God only in the spirit, how can those who don't understand you praise God along with you? How can they join you in giving thanks when they don't understand what you're saying? You'll be giving thanks very well, but it won't strengthen the people who hear it. I thank God that I speak in tongues more than any of you. But in a church meeting, I would rather speak five understandable words to help others than 10,000 words in an unknown language. Y'all good so far? I'm just reading scripture, I just, just so you know where it's at. Dear brothers and sisters, don't be childish in your understandings of these things. Be innocent as babies when it comes to evil, but be mature in understanding matters of this kind. You need to understand this stuff. This serious stuff. It is written in the scripture 
in the scriptures, I will speak to my own people through strange languages and through the lips of foreigners. But even then, they will not listen to me, says the Lord. So you see that speaking in tongues is a sign not for believers, but for unbelievers. Prophecy, however, is for the benefit of believers, not unbelievers. Even so, if, an, if unbelievers or people who don't understand these things come in into your church meeting and hear everyone speaking in an unknown language, they will think you are crazy. But if all of you are prophesying and unbelievers or people who don't understand these things come into your meeting, they will be convicted of sin and judged by what you say. I'll stop there for a second. Remind me, I'm at 25. This is important because this was one of the, the, the things of, of, I'll even say this church when I first came to it in leadership of this church. It was, we don't like, don't be speaking in tongues. Like, don't be like, you're gonna scare people off. Like new believers are coming in and we don't wanna scare them off. And that's like saying, well, don't wave flags. Don't jump up and down and worship the Lord. Don't raise your hands. That'll scare people off too. <laughs> yeah, don't clap. I mean, there's all kinds of things that people say, don't do it, it'll scare people off. You need to understand where I come from with this. If you're praying that this is all gonna end, it's not gonna end. It's probably gonna get worse, which is better. Okay, it's not worse, it's really better. Because I believe when we're doing that, the presence of the Holy Ghost is so thick that when people walk in the room, their life starts to change already. And they don't wanna leave. They're like, I've never felt that before. They, they then close, they blind their eyes to everything that's going on and they just open their eyes to him. That's why I don't tell you how to worship. I'm not going to coach you how to worship. You're supposed to worship the way you feel like you should worship. That's why some of you can sit there, and that's fine. That's worship. Some people will be laying on their face. Some people will be jumping up and down. Some people will just stand up. And none of that, man. It all reaches other, other people see all that stuff. That's how I see it. Like, we're all going to worship away, but we, I don't think there's any way to worship that no one's seen before, personally. I think... <laughs> I think we've pretty much seen it. So if I walk in the door and I'm a guy that raises his hands, I'm looking for the guy that raises his hands. I'm be like, I want to go sit next to him. Because trust me, when I raised my hand the first time in church, I'm like, oh, am I supposed to do that? Like people, what? Like, like, I don't know. And then when I go to other churches, you raise your hand, and everybody stares at you. And you're like, I'm just praising the Lord. Like, what is the problem? Don't you guys worship? I guess not. Anyway, I'll get, on the, I'll get off the soapbox. 25, as they listen, their secret thoughts will be exposed and they will fall to their knees and worship God, declaring God is truly here among you. That's what they're gonna do. And that's when you're prophesying. Because they're like, how'd you know that? <laughs> like, there's only one way you would know that. And that's the Lord. So well, my brothers and sisters, let's summarize. When you meet together, and it kind of gives you an order here. When you meet together, one will sing, another will teach, another will tell some special revelation God has given, one will speak in tongues, another will interpret what is said. But everything that is done must strengthen all of you. So for those that are like steps, those are not steps. Those don't always have to happen. They're just giving you examples. Like this is how this could flow, you know? But if this happens and this happens, it all must strengthen the body. You understand? It all must strengthen the body. No more than two or three should speak in tongues. They must speak at one, they must speak one at a time and someone must interpret what they say. So no more than three. So if someone actually came up and wanted to give a word in tongues, we must have an interpreter. 
And no more than three from what the Bible says. It says no more than two or three should, um, let's see. But if, if no one is present who can interpret, they must be silent in your church meeting and speak in tongues to God privately. It's order. He wants order. He doesn't want anything to be confusing. Let two or three people prophesy and let the others evaluate what is said. But if someone is prophesying and another person receives a revelation from the Lord, the one who is speaking must stop. So if you're up here giving a word and someone stands up and says, hold on, you got to hold on. (laughs) In this way, all who prophesy will have a turn to speak one after the other so that everyone will learn and be encouraged. Remember that people who prophesy are in control of their spirit and can take turns. For God is not a God of disorder, but of peace, as in all the meetings of God's holy people. Man, that's a lot of scripture to read on prophecy and tongue. But I'm just doing that so you know where it's at. And every, obviously, I'm reading out of the NLT. You might read it out of a different version. What I challenge you to do is, is read out of different translations, too, and see what they say. That's good stuff. Study it. I've got the, I love my e-sword, so I can go online and, and I got e-sword on my computer and man, I can click on anything and I can, I can get all kinds of stuff on it. I, I can read it in Hebrew, Aramaic, I, I love it, man. Just read what it says. Chances are these translations that are, that are out there, they pretty much line up. So going all the way back to review that, love's the most thing and that's the most important thing is love. Tongues and prophecy are important, especially prophecy but there should be order to it. It's okay to pray in tongues, sing in tongues. It's okay to do those things. It's also okay to do that in a known language, wherever you're at. But it's probably not good to teach in tongues, unless I have an interpreter, which is really hard. I'm just letting y'all know. Like in Benin, I'm teaching and they're translating it into French. That's really hard anyway. I couldn't imagine trying to speak in tongues and not even know what I'm going to say. <laughs> That'd be kind of nerve-wracking if you really think about it because the Lord will just speak through you. And you're like, oh, Lord. <laughs> I couldn't even back down and look at my wife and say, should I go further? Because he's just going to let it all come out. So, all right, let's go to Romans uh, 8, 26 through 27. Now, I'm just going to start filling in some scripture for you. Romans 8, 26 through 27. It says, And the Holy Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. And the Father who knows all hearts knows what the Spirit is saying, for the Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's own will. That's praying in tongues, y'all. That's same thing happens with worshiping and, and praying. It's, that's it. That's what tongues are. It's just your heavenly language. I'll also let you know that you can get a heavenly language, but not everybody will get one. So if you don't have it, don't feel like you're inadequate. You're not. You're perfectly fine. You can still speak to God. It's just, I love it because when I'm praying in tongues, it's just the Holy Ghost knows what to say. Knows how to read my heart. I don't have to say nothing. Let's see, where do I want to go now? I threw a lot of scripture on here this morning. I'm just letting you know. So 
So should you do everything? I've listed a whole bunch of gifts. I've lifted, listed the ones that, that fall into the church for building up the church, but, but should you have them all? Should you be able to do them all? I mean, I know there's a desire to be like, I want everything, Lord. But he goes, I need you to do it well. Like how many things can you do well all at the same time? Right? So let's go to 1 Corinthians 12, 27 through 31. 1 Corinthians 12, 27 through 31. It says, all of you together are Christ's body and each of you is a part of it. Here are some of the parts God has appointed for the church. First are apostles, second are prophets, third are teachers, then those who do miracles, those who have the gift of healing, those who can help others, those who have the gift of leadership, those who speak in unknown languages. Are we all apostles? Are we all prophets? Are we all teachers? Do we all have the power to do miracles? Do we all have the gift of healing? Do we all have the ability to speak in unknown languages? Do we all have the ability to interpret unknown languages? Of course not. There's your answer. Of course not. So you should earnestly desire the most helpful gifts. But now let me show you a way of life that is best of all. I'm going to stop for a second. The most helpful gifts are the ones you're well at. <laughs> he just says, what's the most helpful for you? This is stuff you're really good at. And you can just operate in it and it's good. And man, you're really good at hearing from him or maybe you're really good at helping people. Maybe you're really good at serving people. I don't care what the gift is. Maybe you're really good at prophesying. What I'm saying is you don't need to be an all-around player. Man, you just need to be really good at something because God's given us a whole body. There's not a single person in here that's not supposed to do something. You all have a gift. It's just what are you doing with it? You got to understand what it is, identify it, study it, and do it. That's what you have to do. So I don't need all of them because I have all of you, right? So what I'm weak in, he's going to provide somebody with strength in that. That's why we're a family. That's why we get to come around together and we get to hang out together because we strengthen each other as a body. All right, so, but now let me show you, you a way of life that is best of all. Now it goes right into 13 because at least on mine, that was the last one on the, on the thing, right? So 1 Corinthians 13, one through three, it says, if I could speak all the languages of earth, of earth and of angels, but didn't love others, I would only be a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I had a, the gift of prophecy and if I understood all of God's secret plans and possessed all knowledge and if I had such faith that I could move mountains but didn't love others, I'd be nothing. If I gave everything I have to the poor and even sacrificed my body, I could boast about it. But if I didn't love others, I would have gained nothing. There you go. So it sounds to me like if we can't figure out how to love, these gifts don't mean anything. It all goes back to love. Like if you've seen the big sign out in the foyer, it says our culture is love. We're trying to build a culture of love so that when people walk in, they feel love. When we walk out, everybody we encounter feels love. And if we're operating in love, then these gifts come into play. And now all of a sudden we can start changing lives. We can start changing atmospheres because he's given us all these gifts to operate out of the first thing, love. Okay, and I'm just gonna read it now just because I want to. You don't have this back there, but I love the next verse, so you might have it. 
you have the next verse? The one that says, what is love? Love is patient, love is kind. You guys got that? You got it up there? Is that right before, is that next to um, Deuteronomy? (laughs) See, look at that. Look at that right there. Thank you. Second Corinthians, that's all I needed to find. All right, here we go. So, this would be good. So yeah, verse four, there it is. It says, love is patient and kind. So here you go. I'm just gonna define love for you once again. Because I want to make sure we're all on the same page when I say you got to love. This is the check yourself in the mirror moment. Take a good look at yourself. It says, love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable and it keeps no record of being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always helpful and endures through every circumstance. There you go. Do that first. Man, if we could get that down. Oh, man. Just love people. Then all the gifts. Unbelievable. We could open doors and gateways and and start changing the world with amazing things. We'd be hearing from him so clear. <laughs> oh, oh, Lord. You want to know why you're not hearing clearly from the Lord? Because you're probably not loving. There you go. There, you're holding on to something. There's an offense. There's something going on. If you're not operating in your gift, it's probably because you don't know how to love. And it's not that you don't know how you refuse to. You refuse to love. Oh, Lord. (laughs) I better take a drink after that. (laughs) And the good part is we just talked this morning in worship about surrendering all that stuff. So give it to him. If you surrender it to him, man, you'll start operating like that. You can love everybody. You can truly love everybody. And we can change the world. But we got to do that. Love's a priority. Gotta love first. All right. You guys doing good? Because I'm, I'm really on a roll right now. I figure if I'm gonna step on your toes or hurt your feelings, I might as well get it all out at once. You never wanna get spanked and then go home and then come back and get spanked again. Nobody wants that. Like, just get it all over with and let's go home and heal. Look, I'm talking to myself. I'm just letting y'all know. Like, I'm, I'm speaking, but I'm actually receiving. Okay, we all need to do this together. I just believe this is, this is what we're talking about. We want to see amazing things happen and miracles happen and, and the world change. It starts right there. He gives us everything we need. Let's get the warning then. We get a warning. So do you trust every word given to every person? No. Why not? Because a lot of people seek position and personal gain, Right? People want to give words because they think they're powerful if they give words. So you can't trust everybody and we get a warning. So Matthew 7, 15. 
And I might even go further. I think it's, I don't know, just follow along. It says 15, beware of false prophets who come disguised as harmless sheep but are really vicious wolves. You can identify them by their fruit. That is by the way they act. Can you pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? A good tree produces good fruit and a bad tree produces bad fruit. A good tree can produce bad fruit. A good tree can't produce bad fruit and a bad tree can't produce good fruit. So every tree that does not produce good fruit is chopped down and thrown into the fire. Yes, just as you can identify a tree by its fruit, so you can identify people by their actions. Talks about false prophets. Now, I also believe when we're talking about this level of false prophets, I think we're talking about non-believers. I think we're talking about people coming in and trying to destroy something because I believe we're all human and I believe we can all make mistakes and I believe we can all speak something over somebody that we probably didn't hear or we just heard it wrong. So I'm not saying we have to be perfect. But what I'm saying is that there's a difference between a false prophet and someone who prophesies falsely. <laughs> just different. I think one's a non-believer trying to destroy what God's trying to put together. The other one's just somebody that might be trying to, to edge their way into something, trying to, trying to just get a step above everybody else, get a little bit of recognition, okay? So once again, I already, I kind of went through the, the brief er, version of what do you do when someone gives you a word, but I want to give you a couple questions to ask yourself when you do that. So first thing you want to do, if someone gives you a personal prophecy, a prophecy, how do you respond? You ask yourself, does this word line up with scripture? That's first thing. Someone prophesies over you, does it line up with scripture? It's because you need to judge it, right? So 1 Thessalonians 5, 20 through 21 says, do not scoff at prophecies, but test everything that is said. Hold on to what is good. So you just got to listen to it, put it right into the scripture and go, is there anything you know, that that comes against by the word of God. Because guess what? If God's giving you a word, it's not going to go against his word. I mean, doesn't make any sense, right? So this is common sense, but we need to hear it. So does it line up with the Bible? Or does it contradict anything in there? Think about this. How did, okay. In Matthew 4, Jesus gets what? Led into wilderness. And what's the enemy do? Starts lying to him, saying stuff that, and all he did was what? How did he combat him? He just told him what was in the Bible. Doesn't the word say? It wasn't in the Bible, but I'm <laughs> he said, let me speak my father's word. He knew what was in there, right? And he just quoted it. That's all he had to do. He was like, everything that the enemy said to him, he was like, nope, this is what it says. So is it important that we understand our, the word and get in the Bible? Absolutely. That stuff will pop up like that when somebody prophesies something to you. You'll be like, nah, I know what the Bible says about that. And that comes right against it. And if not, you, you can lean on your brothers and sisters and all kinds of stuff. You can look, Google is the best brother or sister you can find right now. <laughs> Someone says something to you, Google it. Hey, Google, help me. Type it in there and find out. Okay, second thing is if the prophecy given is given in love, is it given in love and grace or is it in anger and judgment? So when someone gives you a word, is it through love and grace or is it through anger and judgment? Because <laughs> it should flow from the spirit of Christ, which is what? Grace and love. It has to be love first, right? 1 Corinthians 14, 3 says, but one who prophesies strengthens others, encourages them and comforts them. 
Once again, if it's not comforting, it's not strengthening you, it's not encouraging you, it's probably not true. Okay, what's the character and the fruit of the person given the word? There's a good one. And if you don't know the person, you might want to ask somebody who they are. Get a little bit of insight on who's speaking over you. Okay, so I've got a couple ways to do that. I didn't create these. I found these. And these are character attributes, which are good for discerning fruit in a person or character in a person that's actually giving you a word. It says, do they exhibit the mature fruit of a loving, grace-filled ministry or person? Right? This is the people giving you the word. Okay, do they speak the truth in love in a balanced scriptural manner? Do they display the right attitude and heavenly wisdom in every relationship? Wow. Every relationship. That's a lot of relationships. <laughs> and it's all got to be right. The right attitude and heavenly wisdom in every relationship. Is their life biblically in order? with the right priorities, God first, spouse and family, and then ministry. God first, spouse and family, and then ministry. That'll tear something apart. If I were to put God first and then ministry first and then my wife, we wouldn't be married. That's a divide. It's the other way around. It's my personal relationship with him my personal relationship with my wife and my family, and then my personal relationship with y'all. So if you can't get an appointment to come golfing with me, one, you didn't ask, but two, it's probably because I'm busy with my family because I'll go golfing now or hunting or fishing or <laughs> whatever else we want. You want to start a small group, go ahead. We'll do it. So is their life in order? Are they righteous, ethical, honest, and full of integrity? Or are they manipulative and deceptive? Are they coming out of deceit? Are they trying to manipulate something? Or are they ethical? Are they unselfish, polite, kind, and discreet? Are they a gentleman or a lady? These are all important things when it comes to prophecies and character. Do they have a love for money? or the proper perspective of stewardship in their finances? And is their motive to be, to be seen or to serve? A lot of things right there. What's the motive? Is it to be seen or to serve? So a lot of things you got to judge the character of those that are prophesying to us. All right? You guys getting some out of this? Are we good? All right. I'm almost done. Just hang in there. I'm almost done. I blame it on worship. And all those people laying up here on the floor, whatever. <laughs> if they would just know your timeline, they would get through this a lot faster. Another way to do it is if someone prophesies over to you, do you feel the Holy Spirit? As a born-again believer, you're going to feel it. You're going to feel a tug. There's going to be something inside of you uh, that, that just jumps. Think about it. When Jesus was a baby and John the Baptist was a baby. They jumped just by being in the same room. I believe it's the same way. When the Holy Ghost shows up, I start jumping inside. Like I get excited. And if somebody says something that's not of the Holy Ghost, I can feel it. Like I'm like, that ain't right. It's not right. Think about a guitar player. You can tune your guitar, right? I'm gonna point you out. 
You can, you can tune a guitar by here. Like one, you pick one note, right? Then you can tune it to that because you understand. You can feel it. You can hear it, right? And I think you were talking in the, in the, the war room, you were talking about how vibration goes out, right? So if I had a bell and I rung a bell over here and I had a bell over here, the same size bell with the same thing, they could vibrate together. There you go. That's what I was trying to, you wrote that down on the back of your book. I saw it. You Google it. Google it. You're quick on, the, on what I quoted out of the scripture. You better be quick on that sympathetic residence. <laughs> but yeah, so here's the thing. If he's inside of you, which he is, and he's speaking through somebody, there's going to be a vibration in that. There's going to be an excitement in that. You're going to be like, that's real. Like, I know that's real. That's what you're going to feel. And when it's not, you're going to be like, whoa. Yeah, step back. It's time to fight. Right? But we don't. We love. We love. We love. It says love first. Hmm. Okay. So you have that. That's a good way to test it. Or how about like, like don't reject a, a directional word. If you get something that takes you way out of, like you've never heard it before and you've never experienced it before, sometimes you just have to obey. If you don't feel anything iffy and there's nothing against it in the Bible, that's a big step right there. Uh, speaking of steps, do y'all, who was here when we walked around this church? Who, yeah, who was here? Raise your hand if you're here when you showed up on a Sunday morning and everybody's walking in circles around this property. Wow, like, not even 10%. So let me explain. I had a guy call me and say, hey man, this was before COVID. He goes, I believe the Lord told me that you're supposed to go out and walk around this whole property. We didn't even have the parking lot back here yet. Walk around this whole property seven times praying and worshiping. I was like, well, it's kind of scriptural. <laughs> I was like, there's nothing against it. I was like, it's not violating anything. So I called the elders and we said, well, let's meet there in the morning. We got here in the morning. We started walking and praying a small line of us. And by the time we got to think at least two times around, we had a full circle around, not just the building. I'm talking the whole property because everybody that just showed up, they're like, hey, what are they doing? They're walking in circles. Let's go walk in circles. And then everybody's praying and everybody's worshiping and we're walking seven times around the building. And I think we actually did like nine, but I'm not telling anybody that. Get my steps in. Get my steps in. But here's the thing. COVID hit. We had no major outbreaks of COVID. I don't understand that. Like, like we did things by the book and we stayed open. And, and, but, but he said, I'm speaking protection over the church. Go do this to protect. I didn't know why. I'm like, why are we walking around? And we had people that had COVID, like one here, one there, all at different times. And nothing spread within the church. Because one, we obeyed. We, I'm sorry, I obeyed the authority over me. Some things you just have to do. It's biblical. But we did it to whatever they said. We, we might have towed the line, <laughs> but, but we did it. But here's the thing. It was out of the box. It was something that when they said it, I was like, man, people are going to laugh at us. They're going to be like, why are these? And thank the Lord it didn't rain because <laughs> we would have been out there walking around in the rain because I felt that deeply about it when he said it. I said, we're going to do it. I didn't think about any of the other parts of that. We just said, let's go walk around this building. And it was, it's a bigger property than you think. I'm just letting you know. <laughs> yeah, walking around the building is not much, but you start walking around the building, uh, it's pretty big. So don't reject that. 
Test it. All right. All right. I just wanted to get that out. Mm. All right. So speaking in tongues, prophecy in the church, it's okay. As long as we're in order, doing what we're supposed to do, right? Test the prophecy. Make sure that if it's personal, that you, you, you bump that up you know, against scripture and, and you bump it against people you know that you trust so they can verify that. You know, and that stops you from, by the way, that stops you from a lot of grief. Don't let's say somebody, don't have somebody say something negative about you and then you hold that in and go home. Because then what you're doing is dwelling on that for a week if you come back. You know, go bump that on somebody and say, this is what they just said to me. Does that sound, does that make any sense? Okay, we need to do that. Okay, so that's all that's good. First things first, desire love. Love first. I'm telling you, learn to love people. We can get the love down. The rest of this stuff's easy. That's all we got to do. Just learn to love people. And the rest just opens up. Like, just love people. So what are your gifts? And don't call them out because I'm not listening. But think about this. You should be thinking internally, what are my gifts? And if you already know, then why are you still sitting there and why aren't you using them? Right? You're, you're not called to be part of the family, but not be part of the family. Right. You're not called to, just, or called to just come sit and receive and have people bless you. You're here to be a blessing to other people. Right? Because we're not a selfish family. We're a family that operates together and we do life together. And, and because of that, we get to all do this together and we get to grow together. So what are your gifts? And if you don't know what your gifts are, and it's been a while, guess what? In two weeks, you can take the test. If you don't want to wait that long, but it's fun when you do it with everybody. But if you don't want to wait that long, go home and do, take it online. But I'm telling you, we have everything set up for you. So you can take that and then read up about all the gifts. Jules and I did that. We spent the whole day, was it Thursday? I think it was all day Thursday. We woke up and started reading the Bible and just hanging out. And the next thing you know, Amber came in the house at four in the afternoon. We're like, it's four o'clock. We've been reading the Bible. And all day long, we're like, well, that was fun. So read up on those things, study them, understand them, you know, because you're going to have, you know, when you take the gift assessment, it's not just going to give you your top gift. It's going to give you like where you rate, you know, among all the gifts. So you're going to be able to pick out the ones that you scored the highest in. So you need to understand what those gifts are and start weighing that against yourself and going, oh man, yeah, I'm pretty passionate about that one. And I'm really good with that one. And then all you need to do is then come in and go, okay, well, how do I use this? Because for some of you, it's just serving, which believe it or not, could be in the parking lot. We could have helped that church next door this morning if somebody was out in the parking lot saying, you can't park there. But we were all in here. <laughs> right? And then they wouldn't have to come over in the middle of worship and grab poor Brandon and have him come up here and tell my wife with pictures of cars and say, somebody, somebody parked in my spot. And I don't blame it on them. That's like... They own that. That's, that's theirs. We try to do the best we can with signs and stuff. But, man, we used to have an awesome parking lot team that would go out there and direct people. <laughs> and they'd be like, hey, park over there. And then nobody got confused. Sometimes we think it's just because we're so used to doing things that we just, we just go about it and everybody should know how everything works. Well, I'm telling you what, it's not always going to be that way. We're always going to have new people. We're always going to have, when we start doing what we're called to do, which is love everybody, I'm sorry, we're going to have to figure out ways to serve <laughs> because our children's ministry is going to be overwhelmed. Our students are going to be overwhelmed. You know, Miss Barbara can only make so much coffee. <laughs> and clean up all the coffee. 
I'm, I'm just telling you, it's a, we have way too many people in this family not to be doing what we're called to do for the family. All right? So there you go. So once again, take a look in the mirror. Take a look in the mirror. Judge yourself and say, what is it that I'm supposed to be doing that I'm not doing? Or what are the gifts I'm called to do that I haven't even explored yet or that I've just been sitting on that I can truly be a blessing to other people? Like I said in the beginning, it's your yes. See, what's stopping other people from reaching the, where they need to reach and to, to experience the love they're supposed to experience is you. Not saying yes to that, that next thing. Not serving in what you're supposed to serve in. Not operating in a gift. So anyway, did you guys get something out of this today? Come on. Don't take it out on me. It was all Kevin's fault. <laughs> Hey, Kevin, you want to come receive offering and close us out? <laughs> He's got a gift to do those things. Come on. Come on up, Kev. Yeah, go ahead, brother. <laughs> All right. Y'all go ahead and stand up. Get some blood flowing. Oh, man. Some of y'all getting sleepy. Go ahead. <laughs> Two little notes that I, uh, I took for Pastor DJ's uh, amazing message today. Uh, one of the things he said was, you don't have to speak in tongues. That's okay. You know, for a long time, my wife, uh, Miss Crystal, Pastor Crystal back there, she thought there was something wrong with her. She's like, I can't speak in tongues. There has to be something wrong with me. And I will never forget. I said, you know, let me read what the Bible has to say. And so I looked into the Bible and I started reading and I came across this verse that said, and when you receive the Holy Spirit, you will receive power. It didn't say nothing about tongues. It said, when you receive the Holy Spirit, you will receive power. And my poor little wife, she thought there was something wrong with her. Oh, I don't know how to speak in, in tongues, but then I would see her pray for somebody and something would happen. People would start crying. She'd, people would feel the Holy Spirit come over, you know, and, and she, but she felt bad. And so this morning, I want to encourage you, if you don't know how to speak in tongues, that's okay. You can walk in power through the power of the Holy Spirit. The power of the Holy Spirit is greater than tongues. It's okay. But if you desire that, that's okay too. Pray, God will give you that. And the second thing was what Pastor DJ said was, don't be blown to and fro. This is one of the greatest lessons I had in my Christian walk. Yes, I'm young. I'm only 32 or 18. No, um, if I shave, I'm 18, I promise. Um, but seriously, it's one of the biggest life lessons that I had to learn. Be grounded in what you know. How is it possible that someone from a different religion knows more about your Bible than you do? Come on, be grounded. Know your God, know your father in heaven. Father, we just thank you this morning. We love you. We're grateful for your word this morning. We thank you for a rhema word. We thank you for fresh revelation. God, we thank you for this time that we get to give God cheerfully with a good heart. God, we get to give to you. God, we just, we thank you for all our many blessings. 
God, we thank you for our income. We thank you for our families. We thank you for our time. We thank you for our good health. We thank you for our friends and our families and our children. God, we thank you. We thank you. We know that we can't outgive you, God. But we give out of love. We love you, God. We thank you, God. And we look forward to great and amazing things that you're going to do, Father, through us, through this church family. God, we love you. We thank you in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, amen. amen. Hey, listen, if you haven't, uh, if this is your first time or second time, uh, you don't know how to give, it's going to be on the screen. Uh, give with a cheerful heart. We love you guys. Can't wait to see you next week. If you need extra prayer, we'll have the prayer partners at the crosses. Uh, but we love you guys. God bless you and see you next week.